So many of you have seen Richard Kerr's story and it's absolutely heartbreaking what he went through, but it's such important work exposing these monsters and the stuff surrounding the Kinkora Boys home. Richard has been battling this and it's been going on for years now, but he has achieved some major successes, which we're going to get to. Uh -huh. Now, Richard was just telling me that he did have some experience with Channel 4, and he has a perspective on the Russell Brand situation. So before we get into Richard's story and how he's doing, what, uh -huh. what, what's your perspective of Channel 4, Richard? Well, they did a four-year investigation into this, and um, they would not come out if they didn't have something else on this individual, let's say, okay? Uh, there would no way they would have put that out unless they're going to have program two to come out, okay? So they had the first one came out, and that means they already have another one in line, okay? So they probably waited back to see how the reaction is going to be. So I'm just saying that I have a lot of respect for Channel 4, but there are things that they do do that I don't agree with. And, uh, what are those things, Richard? Well, there's a lot of examples of that, and I think Stuart has experienced some of that I was when he with, was in I, London. I, I was with Richard in London in mm -hmm. April of 2015 when that first one was uh, taped. So I'm not exactly sure what Richard's speaking of, but I was there and I the whole time i was i didn't appear in the final cut but i was there and what did you observe stuart i observed that uh, they wanted to uh take him around to the places where uh events where he might have encountered people or things that uh, like there was uh several different places that that we went they wanted to know his uh experiences there uh -huh. and uh i they were wanting to know uh, if certain people were involved. Uh, they appeared to have uh, an interest in what was going on. I don't know whether they had a, a, an agenda or not. Well, I let me explain I wasn't really, it. I really sure. wasn't able to see that. Well, let me explain it, uh, Sean. They wanted to isolate him. Yeah, they isolated okay. me. They isolated me. And when they went out <laughs> to see some people, they they, they wouldn't take me in and they... They did not want me around. They didn't want me to know. Because he may be an influence on what I say. They didn't want that. They wanted to control. They wanted to control the narrative. Okay? I wouldn't give them information. I gave them some information, but I wouldn't give them a lot of information regarding names. I did give them a few names, but they didn't want me to speak those names out. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I'm, I think I understand that you're saying that it's they're selective then when it comes to who they're no, going after. No, no, the reason why they didn't want those names because they were friends of them. Well, well what I did. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you're not knowing, Joe. Well, well, what I saw was is that uh, there were a lot of things that Richard went emotionally. Uh, no, I, I was emotionally Rick, okay. Well, no, no, let me finish. He was not. Uh, uh, really, would not have been in his best interest to start talking about these things, yeah, and I, so. I, when I would uh, interrupt them and maybe regard the uh, conversation, then they would uh, isolate me and get me away. Well, that was mainly what it was. But uh, 
that was the the major thing and emotionally he was fine but it was just that uh, maybe there's some things that uh it might have been in his best interest to not discuss so you're saying that they are part of the problem they have been selective about who they expose i don't know that they're a part of the problem i could not get their agenda i could they i could not find i could not determine whether or not they were uh had any bad intention or not uh it, that's just what I, I saw them doing was to well not, not getting me to i have no idea about that they, they seem to have pretty good idea of of how they wanted to do the program so well at that time while i was at the hotel at the king's cross hotel over there in uh, king's cross at the back of their studios suddenly the BBC turns up at the hotel. My brother's there to witness this. Stuart was there to witness that. Chris Moore turns up from the BBC. And they wanted to take me out of there and put me on their side. Do you understand what I'm saying here, Sean, what's going on here? This stuff has never came out. I had actors that abused me when I was a child in London, but they didn't want me to publish those names because they were friends. Think about what I'm saying here. Okay? So if you want to get justice, why are you trying to say this and that, and then you're not willing to expose those that they know? So I'm saying is, is that there's a, it's mucky, I'm not saying Channel 4 has done anything kind of dishonest, but I'm saying if they're going to open this up, this kind of inquiry with what happened with these girls, I usually call them because I look at myself as a child when these things happen, uh, you got to understand that they probably have another part of this. It hasn't come out yet. I didn't see anything sinister about the interviews and what was going on but uh there again i well might, Stuart, i might not have known the whole story okay what's going on yeah but then why did you send them a letter sure uh don't recall what you're speaking a letter to channel four that you were going to sue them no i didn't you sent a letter saying that you cannot do this with the patient Okay, uh, I'm, I remember I, that letter. Uh, okay, I'm not, I have a copy of that letter. Okay, I'm not recalling that. But. Okay. So I was saying this, and I know Stuart's been very helpful, but there are things that when he's been isolated, he doesn't know what's happening in those situations since he's not there, right? Okay. So so I'm I'm the one there. It's 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 about what happened with me, and uh, the same thing. Uh, with the BBC. So I've been hearing on the TV that there's been a little bit of manipulation with these TV programs regarding some of these victims. Let's call them victims at the moment. I knew when they went anonymous, they were going to go to the police. That's the only way to do this. Okay? They were going to make a complaint. What I'm saying is, is that there's probably another part of this, another story of this. And I'm not surprised that 60 Minutes jumped on this right away. Because I know a lot about 60 Minutes Australia. Okay? All right. Because they never informed me, Sean, 
on 60 Minutes that they were going to have other individuals on that program. I never was told about it. So they they may be doing a shot of me filming me while they're filming him somebody else at a different location. And I'm not being informed that somebody else is coming on that program. So this is what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I've got to speak the truth on it because it's being a part of a story that's being generalized to their narrative where I've not been able to tell more of what actually went on here. And um, I'm doing better with all of this. I'm, I've gotten through a lot of this, but I am having courts. I've gotten some wins at the courts, by the way. Just let Good. you know. Cheers. And you know what I'm saying, Sean. I know you went through a hard life here, a difficult time in in uh, 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 United States with the drug problem and everything else. Uh, I know Russell, I actually know him, but he went through a hard time too with the drugs and the recovery process. How'd you know Russell? Oh, he was in one of the uh, programs. You know, he used to go to Alcoholics Anonymous, okay? And uh, respecting his anonymity, you know? So there's, there's an anonymity has to be respected here. So I can't talk on... Uh, bringing his anonymity, if that makes any sense. But you're saying there's a big picture. That's the impression I'm getting. There's a big picture with these media channels whereby he's not in the club, so that's why they're going after him. But if you're a friend of them, then they don't go after you. They conceal it. Uh, I would say yes. More yes, yes, yes. They 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 have more of. Uh, they can manipulate it a little bit okay and uh, the truth my truth is not always agreeable to to their truth of what they want to say but i'm neutral in the idea that the fact is he may have been involved in some of this uh but did he step over the line? That's the key. And if somebody wants to push somebody over the line is where I'm trying to uh, express that that could be manipulated. If that makes what I'm trying to say, if that makes sense, if somebody went up to the line about a, where, where, where it didn't become criminal, but they needed to push that gender over the line. That's that's where what I see that they're capable of doing. They're capable of pushing it over the line, the media. Yes. Yes. Because we had a lawyer on the other night and he said, worst case scenario, Russell Brand could be incarcerated in the UK and California if the police pursue it as a criminal matter. Yes, uh, if they do pursue it as a criminal matter. But right now, that's where it is right now. It's not, it, it's only It's only an investigation. Okay. Uh, and let them work their investigation, right? You know, I mean, my faith in the Scotland Yard 
it's not very, I mean, I don't have a lot of confidence in Scotland Yard. But as I say, whoever's pushing the agenda with them to do this, I basically believe that um, there's another part of this is coming out. I'm saying there's, there, they have hold back on the second story. Okay. And you said you don't have much faith in Scotland Yard. What's that based on? Well, that's based on my experience and on the experience of others. Yeah. And for, and for viewers who are not familiar with your experience then, could you elaborate? Well, when they um, investigated certain aspects of my case in London, uh, they would send out people to tell me to keep quiet about the matter. And it was not where they were investigating it. They wanted to close it up. Uh, we just had, I think it's being played tonight, a program called The Lost Boys. And we had Chris Moore involved in that and Colin Wallace. And they have, they, they, they have done a research to do evidence to track down that the police were told to cover it up. Wow. And were told to change the statements. They altered my statements, John. What I mean is, I'll give you an example. They changed my birth certificate on the statement. So they want to put one year different of my age. So on the statement, it says I was born in 1960. I wasn't born in 1960. I was born in 1961. But let's say some journalist wanted to do an investigation into my story and they find those papers. They'd look at that and then they'd go from there. All right. E even the Sunday Times article got a hold of that and said something about me in the Sunday Times. It's funny, Sunday Times and the Channel 4 together, right? So so I, I'm saying this is that there has been a, uh, a huge way of trying to control this. And I have been trying to peel this on you. And uh, so... The uh, program called The Lost Boys will explain more of what I'm saying. And if you get an opportunity, I know you're busy, get a chance to watch the clips. Definitely. Okay. Well, Rupert Murdoch owns the Sunday Times. Yeah. Yes, and he's retired now, right? He's stepping down, I believe. Yep. All right, so for the viewers then, who are not familiar with Richard's story, you know, he was in Kinkora Boy's home. And what period of time was that? Okay, um, that's the other thing I'll talk about. Okay, 1966, I was taken away at night and I'm put into a first orphan home, a state home, I call them, a place called Williamson House. Uh, the abuse started when I was eight and I've never mentioned the other person's name who was trafficked with me, but the first time for the first time I'm going to, his name is Eddie Atchison. He was another boy who was trafficked out of Williamson house. Okay. And we were taking certain locations. All right. So that, that was the start of that. And then in 1975, I was transferred over to Concora. And, but before that, some of these staff members worked in these same facilities where I was when I was young, more younger. Okay. They never wanted to tell you that, but 
Mr. Mainz worked in Williamstrasse. Okay. It's, it's in the files. Just check the evidence. All right. And then they opened up. The Concord was run by certain members of them, uh, Mr. Mainz. But in 1975, they had a problem. They had a problem with um, an investigation was starting to happen before I was ever transferred there. Okay? Regarding a man called Alan Campbell that was abusing children out of this facility as well as another facility. Okay? Uh, but the problem was he was connected to and no, this is hard for your fears. He was connected to the Orange Order. The Orange Order was connected to the UVF. So, so, so there was all of this uh, political stuff going on. And uh, so, what happened was they wanted to close up that, close up that investigation. In order for them to close up the investigation in 1975, they had to remove all the children out of Kinkora, the ones who were there prior before that and locate them on all different locations, okay? So they had to restart up again. So they had to get a new fresh of boys. If I'm trying to get you to understand that, you know, um, Belfast is like a, uh, it's like a big prison. The city is like a big prison. It's like you have your guards and your stewards and everybody's running the show and, and, and everybody's isolated in the blocks, okay? So the time you were in prison, you got to realize that you had your certain people that you talked to and your certain rules and your certain sections, okay? So you got to look at, like, the cities that way, okay? And that's how they created that city, the north of Ireland, one big prison, all right? And, they, and, and the people that were running that prison, let's say, were the MPs, you would call them the uh, governors of the prison, you got the uh, the screws. They would be the <laughs> the ones that are running it, and that. And then you got your intel. You're in your inner lot, and that's the people that are running the communities, like you would have in a prison. So you got to see it that institutionalized. That's why everything was kept inside. So what I'm saying is, in 1975, they needed new fresh boys, and I was one of them. I was picked. Stephen was picked. Frank was picked. David was picked. Uh, John was picked. All right. So they removed everybody out there and they restarted their program again. All right. So in 1975. And that's when Brian Cameron got involved, the intelligence services, and uh, a lot of other people. And Peter England was part of the intelligence services. And he was the one who was taking me out of the facility. Hang on. Sorry. He, he he was the one who was taking me out of the facility, him and Paul Allen. And uh, they were involved in a... Uh, they, they, they would set me up in certain locations, and then they would take and film these locations with these gentlemen in them, and then they would take pictures, and then I would be removed from the situation, put into a Cartino car. I remember the car shape was Cartinas back then, with their funny little uh, glass. Uh, they had fully black uh, wind windscreens black back in those days uh, and then they removed me and then put me at another place 
So it was kind of moved around. And uh, what happened was is that Stephen, back in '77, uh, uh, there was an incident that happened that uh, kind of got out of control. That I, I feel like at this stage I won't say that because I was advised not to. Uh, Rich, Richard, at this stage as well, I've got to make sure that you waive your anonymity. I do. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, um, but anyway, uh, I, I I don't want to get into much of details what happened with me physically and mentally and all that stuff. I just want to get under the bigger picture why this happened. Please do, yes. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. Everybody focuses on the abuse. We all know children get abused and blah, blah, blah. I want to talk about their motivation and why they did it, if that makes sense. Yeah, because there's parallels with the Epstein case, isn't there? Yes, that was in New York City. Yes, that had a lot of relationship, you know, um, we're getting into another section of this where uh, uh, you had uh, the doctor who was working in Belfast called Dr. Fraser. He was involved in a ring in New York uh, that the, the doctor was involved in my life for psychological reasons uh, to do this. And then, um, you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead here with, with some of this stuff. Uh, and you've got to get into the fact of Roy Cohen, who was a, a lawyer, who was a, <laughs> a crooked lawyer, let's say. Uh, but he did some work on my behalf with the immigration period stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that I haven't gotten out to that end yet. So I, I, it, it, I'm not trying to complicate this, but it is complicated. You know, we're talking about a 40-year, we're not talking about just that period. We're talking about a period that led to another period, and a period that led to another period. Okay. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of movements on a chess play on me. To simplify it for the viewers then, Richard, they're probably wondering, what was the motivation behind this? All right. It was to in, it was to entrap certain political people, and they could use that as leverage to bring them to the table. And I, I'm going to say it. You really think Amy Paisley would have sent, signed that document on the Good Friday Agreement? If they didn't have anything on him. The man who visited me at the Coleman Hotel in Marvel Arch. I think if you just open your mind and see what I'm saying here. The price of children, a few children, who's going to care? We're just state kids. I belong to the state. I learn. I end up with a new family. Let's put it like that. I had to follow their rules. I had to do what they told me to do. Yeah. At first, it was confusing when you were eight, and nine, and ten. 
But when you become 11 and 12, you get a little bit of more of awareness of what's happening. And then you begin to see the things that are happening on the outside that are pulling strings for you. Okay? They're making things happen. They become kind of your family. Only family I knew. So why would I not want to please them? When you not want to please your family, if they if they're there for you, that's the psychological grip they had over me. Does that make? I mean, does anybody understand any of this unless they have to live it? And that's what that, that was, what was happening for a few children to sacrifice a few children like this to bring peace to Northern Ireland. And look where Ireland is today. Okay. They protected me to certain degrees. If anybody interfered or anybody was kind of, you know, they removed them out of the way. Okay. And they did that with food people. And, uh, and then they helped to keep me safe in certain ways to bring me to the United States. So this is a, you got it. I mean, the reality is, the picture is, the reality is. I know that this is stressful for people. It's stressful for me. I'm a lot better with it. But I can't keep going around uh, not getting this truth out. You know? And I know it's a little dangerous. Even Chris Moore this morning says that this is dangerous. Even the producers of Alley Cat says that they were getting uh, frets and recordings and all that stuff and it is it, it, this happens to a lot of people uh people i've come into contact with so but i think you're courageous enough to put some of this out you might have to edit some of it but that was the program they started they wanted to use the concora thing for entrapping politicians other members the police you know there was even police involved they had to have the police involved because they are the ones who had to manipulate the statements. Okay. So, and then they had a um, special branch who I had a visit with a few times. So, uh, in London, as well as Ireland. And, uh, but, you know, the peace came. 1998, President Clinton got involved, stayed at the Europa Hotel, where I was, where I worked, all of that stuff, okay? And, uh, you know, peace in Ireland today. Now, I, I'm taking the case to court, and there's things I'm not going to say on here that needs to be said in court, but I know from my experience that they're not going to have this court open. They're going to have a close, a close court, even if it gets that far. My, I, I'm dying and it will, it will not get that far, you know, because I'm not interested in the money. I don't care about the money. I can't accept the money. It's not about the money. I've already told them that. Okay? I'm trying to get justice for some of the boys that didn't make it, like Stephen, you know, in November of 1977. And then there's been claims that, I will mention it, uh, Mountbatten came to Kinkora in August. 
Well, or most of it, he must have had a lot of, he must have had a busy month. Um, I was in Kinkora. I know every boy that was in that bedroom. I know exactly what bed they slept in. I know their first name and last names. Do I believe that my baton would have gone there? I don't believe it for a moment. I know how this man operated. And I have to speak the truth. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. Because there are things happening behind the scenes that my story has been taken and been shoved around. That's the other thing about this. I'm telling you, Sean, I'm telling you the truth. I'll cur the truth. I know my truth, but I'm saying to you that are being information and intel being taken from me and given to certain journalists who have been using that information and playing it on other information. And, uh, I have, a, I, mean, I know all of them, every one of them, all those boys. Uh, well, I feel, see all, all of this stuff, all these newspapers here, uh, all these newspapers are about me. This is about me being in a hotel room. They didn't want to expose this. Let me go back to this. When the story broke in 1980, the boy on the front page of the Irish Independent Times, they were referring to Richard. Okay. I had no idea that story broke. By that time, I was still being controlled in London. And we were being taken care of in London. Not just me, someone else as well. Okay. They were providing accommodation, providing financing. I hope you see what I'm trying to say here. You know, you can still be groomed in a different way in order to keep your mouth quiet. That grooming went on in the other areas. And now they needed to move me in a different location. So when the story broke, I wasn't in Belfast. I was in another location. They wanted to do an inquiry because they didn't have a choice because Stephen had died that year. And the fact is that now they had to find a way to close it down. So the best way to do it, give short prison sentences to the people who are running Concordia. Get them to agree with something. You don't know what's on that document when they sign in a plea bargain. They don't reveal that information. So they were let out in two years. Close it down. And then they had to make sure that I don't come and speak. And the way they would do that is control me after when I left the state home. It's exactly what they did. And then I eventually, when they wanted to open another inquiry, 
they eventually got to the point where they had to transfer me and help me to get out of England. And that's why I'm here in the United States. And that was done with people who were involved in Kinkora, in Belfast, at the hotels, in London, in Venice, in Paris, all over the damn place, okay? Because I've got pictures. So that is why they wanted to lock this away. And now, because we got some brave journalists like Chris Moore, he's a brave journalist, uh, has digged up more on me. You know, there was a time when I went with my brother to England uh, when Chris Moore said he found my documents. He took me under a, you know, like he takes you on a garage where you park cars, right? He took me underneath. Mm. He opened the trunk. And, there's, and they're green papers. And he said, Richard, this is all on you, these green papers I got. I said, well, you said you found them in the drawers of Concordia. But how, why would they leave those documents in the drawers of Concordia after the place was closed two years? Think of the logic of what I'm saying here. Is it sort of, um, like a wild goose chase? No, they say, he, he said that they were left there for, for, uh, for him to find them. He said that's where he found the information. So, so the place is locked up. They didn't take those papers with them when they were cleaning out that place. They just strange. left the documents there. Strange. Yeah, very strange, isn't it? Now, they were handed to him by somebody who worked in the police department, who wanted to keep his anonymity. You follow what I'm saying? There's a lot more strings to who knows about this. All right. So he had to say that he found them in the drawers when they weren't in the drawers. <laughs> okay? So th this, th th this is why he was working for the BBC. Okay. So, so I'm saying is, is that uh, the other thing, I have it in my affidavits when I did it in 2015. It's about the young boys that went missing. Each two, you gotta understand that's unique about this story. That both of these boys went missing together on one side. The other two went missing together on the other side. What's interesting in this is that the schools they went to, one of the schools I went to is Mount Vernon, right? There were kids who had difficult in, uh, in learning disabilities. Okay. So two of these boys were removed together. They always put us in twos. Think about what I'm trying to say here. The guy, Mr. Maines, I have it in my affidavits. The boy, Brian, who was murdered, they had a shed at the back of Concora. In that shed, they had a mattress. But under the shed mattress, they had a wooden table. Okay? And they had a handle on the side. It was a metal handle. And 
It's all going to be backed up in evidence. They're doing a story on it next day to you. Mr. Manny showed me the handle, and he pulled the handle up. And what came, came out of the wooden table was a saw with teeth on it. Okay? He brought me back into the uh, mobile house that was set up with wires and videos. And he told me that he knew this boy, Brian. And they were very close. After he showed me that. Okay. I know what happened to that boy. You follow what I'm saying here? Yep. Okay. I have put it in my affidavits. And let me tell you how credible this is. I didn't know anything about it. I just remembered it. And wrote it down in 2015. And now suddenly everybody's bringing up the pictures of this boy in, in 2020. Right? It's because of what the events that were taking place in that shed. Because that's where the potatoes used to be. I was told to go and get some potatoes. And you had to put them in a bowl and take them inside the, the facility. They removed the shed at the back of Concora. In the HIA inquiry, they said, Richard's right, there was a shed. And Richard seems to be the only one who knew that shed. Well, I'm trying to tell you, if anybody's making claims about certain people coming there, they would have known about the shed. But they removed that evidence. David in the village is going to do a story on that part. But I cannot live with that. Well, I have to say that. I have put that in affidavits, and if they want to attack my credibility, I can prove it in other ways with other people, with other, uh, other uh, survivors. And this is what, this is, uh, there's things you live with and there's things you don't live with. But here I'm getting back with the other four. Two of them went to a school called Oakley. That was the Catholic school for people with slow, uh, who had slow learners. We call yeah, it over yeah. here. Yeah, that's fine. And then you had another school was called Mount Vernon. And they had people with slow learners. But it's so weird that the people that were involved with is the school I went to at the same time. Now, what's a, it's a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. Because I think about the twos, me and Steven, me and someone else, me and Eddie. And, you know, the home that they rented out, or they actually, the flat that they rented out was a flat that was right at the back of the school. <laughs> right? Now, why would you rent that facility there right at the back of my school? They were taking these children out and taking them over to this location. Sometimes they wouldn't abuse them there. They would just keep them there for maybe four to five hours. It's called a holding bay. Okay? It's like we, you know, they, they, they forget about Ireland the way, the way they ran it back in the 80s. If you are taken out of the country, you have to go through a holding bay 
in the immigration area because Ireland was treated because Ireland had the troubles going on. You couldn't cross the the Irish Sea to get into the land, the mainland, unless you go through this different uh, holding bay that people were traveling from Belfast. Okay, so you have to have different papers, or people had to take you there in order to get through. Because they question everybody who was coming from Belfast. Because they think either a terrorist or you're involved in that. So there was those kind of holding bay facilities around the north of Ireland. One at my school, Oakley School, they had the same connections. One, they had a, a two of them in Lorne, where the shipping yard is. That's how they transferred me out most of the time was through the shipyard, the docks. They took you to Lawrence or Stranraugh in Scotland, took me down to uh, Blackpool, and then from Blackpool to Liverpool, Liverpool to Manchester, Manchester to Euston Station in London. I can follow the routes. They've done it so well. There's a guy in Beckham, and I will mention his name. It's Stephen Jackson. They haven't looked into this. He lives in Beckham, 21 Moreland Terrace. That's his address today. He's the guy who took the films. He's the guy who was working for them. He has a film studio at the back of his house. He's, uh, there, there's pictures of me all over the bloody place, probably still there. All right? Now, he may, if he gets to hear this, he may start to, uh, if he's still around, I'm sure he is. But Bacup, the B-A-C-U-P, Bacup. 21 Moreland Terrace. His name is Stephen Jackson. He was connected to this ring back in Belfast. But he's the guy who took the photos. One of them. Okay? So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm really going broad here, but uh, let me just stop at that moment. Is, is there any questions you want to ask? Yeah, Richard. So the court case, who is it against? It's against the police department, the uh, home secretary, the uh, welfare department, and uh, this, uh, well, I said the secretary of state, the home department, uh, the police department, and the um, defense. Is that a specific police department or the national police? Uh, more on the national I would say, because of the incidents that happened on the mainland. And you said you've had some wins. What's happened? I've had some wins, some um, positive uh, non-strikeouts. They tried to strike it out. We're appealing one of them, but a judge has refused their strikeouts. Had two of them. Oh, and where are these? where's the court case being held? Uh, it's being held uh, in the high court in Belfast. So do you have to fly over there and appear? I'm probably likely, yeah. We get, you know, we're getting a court date set. And if the judgment completely goes in your favour, you said you're trying to honour some of the boys. What, what yeah. would be the best? What would be the best outcome for you? Uh, the outcome would be accountability, where they have said yes. Uh, terrible things happen. The war went on. We had to find a uh, conclusion to it. 
I know there's certain things they can't say because they put uh, we don't want to put the United Kingdom at risk. You know, certain intel with intelligence that cannot be said, and I understand that. But just to recognize, yes, mistakes were made. I really am not going to accept the money. I can't accept the money. I've already made if, if money. If money is involved in this, um, they can give it to a charity. But I cannot accept a penny of it, and I want to help my friends. But me accepting that money is like accepting dirt, and I'm doing this for this. Uh, and that's why I, 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 I really believe that it's important that these situations don't happen again, and that they're not a, a problem with this, this, this whole situation. It's a, it was a horrible time. And then I had to learn to live with it. And that's, you know, I, it does change change you. I, I don't care what anybody says. If you've been traumatized by this, it changes you. Some people can deal with injuries. You know, it's, I always say well, it's, it's like a group of people being in a car and they have an accident. One of them injured their leg and the other guy, the, the other person breaks their back. But they're in the same situation. All right. The person who broke his back is going to have a hard time dealing with his recovery and the, and the person who broke their leg. Okay. Now, the one who broke their leg can probably move on in their lives, get married, settle down, and pass on. You know, things are good. But the guy who broke his back has a little bit more, just a little bit more of a struggle. Okay. And that's me. And I don't want to be compared. I'm not trying to take away from anyone, but you got to understand the injuries that I've had to recover from. And it's not just one person using me and abusing me. And those findings were fined in the. The findings were. They find those findings in the last inquiry. At least I give that to them. Okay, even though I was advised not to turn on. And and there's that's another thing I want I need to say, Sean, listen to me. The advice for me not to turn up was not for my motives, uh, for my reasons. It was for their reasons, and that's something else I haven't talked about. I have been uh, assisting Richard for ten years. Uh, I'm a psychotherapist, but I've also got a background in criminal justice and uh, and government. And uh, I am not his therapist any longer. That's how I met him. But, the, but since we concluded that, and uh, I have never heard him ask this for money ever. His 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 uh, his uh, motivations have always been to get the justice and to hold people accountable, but. Uh, Anybody that thinks that he's doing this for money, that's just not true. I've never heard him say that in 10 years. The government asked me what I wanted. Okay. The UK government have been good to me. I'm sorry. I know you have your problems with them over there. But they have been. They asked me in Belfast, what do you want us to do with Kinkora? I said, knock the place down. 
And what did they do? They knock it down. Right? Uh, they've been good to me. And I've been taken care of. Even in the United States, they've been good to me. We got very good people. Very, very good people, Sean. Yes, this world is uh, like, a, you know, we're dealing with problems here. Okay? But these news outlets, think about it. I've been on the main news outlets. And, I, you know, it's not about me in a sense, but I'm just saying. I know how they operate. Some of the stuff I wanted to tell, they didn't want me to tell at that time. I had journalists, I had so many journalists from the Sunday Times that would call up Stuart. They made a mistake about me saying that I was at a different age or I was in a facility at the time of the abuse. Well, what they didn't take into consideration is that they manipulated my date of birth. They said, we're, they apologized. I said, are you going to retract what you did in the Sunday Times? Things like that. All right. So uh, there has been wrong done here. But the motive was to bring peace to Northern Ireland. And what do we got today? We have some peace. And we don't want uh, to upset the apple cart, I, I call it. I'm willing to give up certain lawsuits if it brings some accountability to those who were responsible. There are people alive still who abused me while I was in Concora. And what they did to me in London. I know their addresses. I could describe their inside of their apart or flats. I know where they live. And if they're not living there now, but we have we can verify their address that they did live there. I would say that uh, his uh, concern has been for peace in Northern Ireland and uh, this has been one of his concerns because with peace in Northern Ireland is the way that the children are going to be safe. Yes. That uh, without the peace and with the conflict, then the children are not safe. And he is, what he's always had is a motivation to have this as the outcome and for him to also have the closure of uh, the experiences that he has gone through. So it's this is not about money. This is not about anything no. but about the actually about uh, the, the ultimate safety of the children of Northern Ireland on both sides, Catholic, Protestant, or whomever. Yeah, because the important thing is is that uh, they try to buy me with that. They exploited me with that. They uh, provided financial help uh, that only didn't just made me feel worse. And I, they tried to control me with that, and I, I, I just can't accept that because I, then I, I, it'd be like, uh, it'd be like, well, that's his motive. It's not my motivation. My motivation is to tell the truth, and some of this hasn't come out yet about the other part of Ireland. But I'd say is there's another abused child here in Dallas, Texas, that I've helped for so many years to get him out of the country. And we're, Sean, you gotta understand, we're talking about 40 years. You know, this it, is not like a little uh, injury here. 
this is not a small injury. And uh, we have to we have to understand. I know it's hard for you people to understand because of the generation you're living in. Yeah. And, and the purposes of this, I gotta know who's on my side. Even lawyers, what's their motivation in Belfast? And we're finding out some things. Yeah. Are they trying to keep this thing going for political reasons? That they, uh, there's a lot of other stuff. Uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, Stuart. You know, there's a lot of things that are going on with this. Uh, the major thing is, is that Richard is doing well, and mm -hmm. uh, Richard is. Uh, is oh, strong. Richard is 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 much stronger. He's doing well, and uh, that's the main goal that uh, I have in my association with him is, is that he do well, and he is. And uh, then his motivations uh, for doing this, I, I just repeated. Uh, but uh, I work with uh, people who are uh, mm -hmm. who, who have post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I'm uh, I have specialty in criminology as well as uh, prisons and jails, as well as I'm now working with the uh, U.S. Uh, Veterans Administration. I'm, I'm working with. Uh, uh, People who've been in the military who have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and uh, in fact, I, I'm doing that pretty much uh, now. But uh, he does have post-traumatic stress disorder from it. Well, he is getting much better uh, from this, and the, uh, the, the know, whole I, thing is, is that he is. Things are getting better, and there have been a lot of people that have been very helpful to him, as opposed to people. I've had a lot of. Um, I'm surprised that. Um, you know, you see the world through the world of a child when they're put in that situation. You belong to the state. You've got to do what the state says. And they control your life and they become your family and everything else. Okay? And they provide what you need and all these other stuff. And that's all well said and done. Uh, but when you come out of it a little bit and you have a little bit more freedom and you can express what you want to say, and they give you that room to do so, and then I know that they're they're wanting to help. Yes, how, how can people watching this help you, Richard? Um, I, you know, if whatever they want, they can just support what my cause, my reason why I want to take this to court, even though they wanted to settle. I would say that people would be supportive of the justice for this. Uh, atrocities of the, of the troubles uh, that uh, if they have a commitment to peace in Northern Ireland and to bringing uh, the matters of within the United mm. Kingdom uh, into peace, that then by being active advocates for this, uh, that would certainly be able to bring about the peace. And that would be something that I would be committed to were I to be British. Yeah, the, the thing you got to understand, Sean, that's in the works here is that those who are involved in this, let's say you have this side and then you have that side, are trying to make some sparks, spark a spark over there in the north. Okay? There are a group of people who want to continue on with the war. They may not do it through the bullets and the guns and the bombs. But they're going to do it through other means. 
they can get involved in the institutions. And I'm telling you, there are groups of people who are striving towards the United Ireland. And some of those people are involved in my case. And that's where I've had to just look at this from the right angle. Certainly. Right, he's had people on both sides that have been wanting to uh, interview him and, and use him uh, for their cause. He's exploiting me. He has resisted that and I've assisted him in that. Uh, the major thing is, is that uh, it's the safety of, of the children and the, the fact that uh, you cannot have a safe society if you're having a divided society. And uh, this is the one thing is to bring the healing. And I think that this is what Richard is doing. Is to Good. I want them to see me as I can heal out of this. If somebody wants some help in that area, I'm there to help them. Okay. That the world is not, I don't want them to picture that this little world is bad as bad. It's only bad when you're in your head with it. I'm saying is you use your past, your past becomes your asset. If you could do something productive and put something out there. Yeah. And I'm saying that it is possible. Instead of them trying to act out on drugs and alcohol, in order for them to help them to numb the way they feel about themselves and what happened in the way they don't want to discuss it because of guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is the key where they feel they can't talk to anyone about it. And they have to use alcohol and drugs in order to deal with their uh, their feelings. Yeah. I used to say, well, you create a feeling disease, but it's a feeling disease based on your, your, your mental state of mind and your emotional state. Okay. I'm saying is, is that I can understand why, going back to the Russell guy, I could understand if he's been clean and sober for a number of years and he has done what the program asked him to do, I believe that the man must be telling the truth. I believe, yes, his behavior related to his addiction would have caused him to act out of certain ways, but did he step over the line? That's the, that's the issue that we got to keep in mind here. And since I know so many patterns of people who abuse children, because I've experienced all those different characters. They're not those people in the, uh, in the park with a raincoat on, okay? They're people you wouldn't expect that they would do this kind of thing. All right, and, and you know, a child thinks like a child, but it's also damaged if it's... A lot of my background is in Texas, there are about 250 people who are licensed to treat sex offenders, uh, and I'm one of them. And so I've been licensed uh, for about 30 years. And uh, I have I, I worked with uh, both the victims as well as the offenders. And uh, the offenders are the ones that uh, we would like to be able to not have, of course. But uh, they do breed in this kind of secretness and uh, where shame and guilt have been the get into all sorts of manipulation. So uh, these are the, uh, these seems to be the characteristics of the people that have been abusing. And 
uh, this area. And, and, wow. and uh, it seems to be very similar uh, well, in around the world. And so we back 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 in those days, we knew we 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 understand. I understand why they used me and why they needed me and why they did it and, and, and trapped people and did this whole thing in Northern Ireland because of the troubles and the, everything else. But the overall picture, if this had happened in England and I grew up in England in a children's home and I went to the police, even he, he, even the police there were not trained enough to know how to handle these situations. For a male child would have been told to go home, grow up and pull up you're uh, just forget about it okay now how do they treated the male child being abused different from the way they would treat a female because back in those days they look at this kind of act that the child is responsible the male child is responsible and that's what they said in the forms that's how we were treated when they were investigating concora they were blaming the children that was their way of saying the children were at fault that's the reason why a lot of them got away. Uh, Dr. Fraser was convicted in London. He was convicted in New York. The attorney general went to his uh, committee meeting to ask for his license back. That's the one in London. Was the attorney, as the secretary of state, sorry, and, uh, they called over there, and uh, asked for his license to be backed. And the fact of the matter is that Chris Moore investigated him, and he himself was saying he was, they're always trying to blame the victim. Well, I know it very, very carefully here, Sean. When somebody's in a lot of self-pity, that means they have a lot more to hide. Okay? And they'll use that self-pity trick in order to manipulate the audience of what they want them to hear. Yeah, it's that old Zimbrum, pour me, pour me, pour me another drink. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and, and a lot of these pedophiles uh, involved in this were used to child self-pity stuff. Uh, and, and that's what I found along the way, some of them. Right, we'll have to wrap it up here. I've got my babysitting duties to do, but huge thank you for coming and speaking to us, Richard and Stuart. Well, I hope I said something. I hope to come back and tell you the rest of it. Definitely. Would love to have you come back and tell us the rest of it. Advice, I was told to say so much and say some names, and that's where I want to be. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll edit some of this, mm-hmm. right? Since this is a pre-recording. Yeah, but we'll we'll split it in two. We'll put the first oh. bit on YouTube and then the second and bit on Longles. Yeah. How long? Yeah. How long? How long have we gone on for, Sean? People have been one, asking about you and our, 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 <laughs> yeah. One yeah. hour three. One hour three minutes. Yeah, I've got to get Casey on your story because she's got a big story in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> about a guy 